Welcome to Gossip Pro, the show where we break the silence and unmask the professional world. I'm your host, AC. And I'm her partner in crime, Chase. So tune in, learn and evolve. And sidestep those professional pitfalls. Welcome to Workplace SOS, where we provide actionable advice to tough workplace problems. And this week, we've got three emails from our listeners. So Chase, our first email is from Tom. Tom, let's get on. I'm in a tricky situation at my IT role and could really use some guidance. I've been suspended from my job due to a costly error that occurred. I flagged the absence of training to management, but it fell on deaf ears, with their go-to solution being find the answer on Google. It feels unjust considering the lack of proper training played a role in the mishap. I'm reaching out for advice on potential options to navigate the challenging situation. What can I do? A training issue. I'm not surprised. I mean, I think a lot of companies try and get away with that. They just say, oh, just find a way. You know, we don't have the time or the resources to train you. Just get on with it. True. I think a lot of individuals in managerial roles, when they recruit someone, they're also stuck in this predicament where, like you said, they either don't have the resources or they don't have the time themselves. And I think that creates issues similar to this. I mean, but for the response to be Google it, <laughs> I think, yeah, that's pretty bad in itself. I'm actually surprised the person didn't say go to ChatGBT because <laughs> that <laughs> well, could have been another solution. That's probably the next thing that's going to start happening, right? Speak to any sort of AI. The problem is that the training is essential not only for the individual to know what they're doing but for you to also safeguard the company because if individuals don't follow process but they haven't been trained correctly then there's not much you can really do until you give them that training you sign it off you date it to say hey you've been trained you know our internal policies and procedures right this is what you need to do and then if they will operate outside of those guidelines then you can take action but if you don't train them and what do you expect? I don't know about you, but for me, when it comes to training, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've gone into a position and actually got training once I'm in that position. It's always being said to me that, you know, oh, you'll learn that as you're going along or just read all of this. And then they'll give me a link to the company's policies and procedures page, along with code of conduct and business practices and etc. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, just utilize the time to read all of this until your company laptop comes. I mean, I've, I've been in positions where literally the company laptop wasn't even available. They're like, oh, it might take a couple of weeks. And I'm like, wow. So I think when companies don't take the training seriously, they leave themselves in a predicament where they can't do much if an employee doesn't do something the right way. And I want to add to that because I've been in a situation where I've actually seen someone go through a disciplinary, almost lost their job. But what saved them was the fact that the company actually didn't train them. I guess the managers were trying to rely on the fact that they made a mistake. They were going to get rid of them, but they couldn't because, like you said, they didn't train them. And they should be training people. You can't just expect someone to know your systems inside and out. That shouldn't be the primary reason why you train your, your staff member, right? It's not to say, oh, so I can get rid of you when the time's right because I can evidence the fact that you've been trained. It's because you want to ensure that you safeguard them that they do end up doing the right things versus the wrong things. So you're not stuck in a predicament where it gets ugly. Mm. You pull them into a disciplinary and then they turn around and say, well, I haven't been trained in it. 
the amount of disciplinary hearings that I've held and I found out that the individuals did not receive the right training. And I've literally been like, well, called up the line manager and I said, there's nothing I can do with this. You didn't train them in these areas. Now you want to penalise them for it? How does that make sense? Mm. But I think training in the UK specifically is one of the most underdeveloped areas in most companies because they don't take it seriously. Or they rely, so usually there's like a switch over in jobs. So someone will leave and they'll say, leave a handover. But it's never going to be enough. Like it's not full on training because the person's already gone and they're never going to leave everything they know in their mind to the next person. So if you're just relying on a handover to be, to play as training, it's not training. Minus the handover. It's your own internal policies and procedures you should be training your staff on, especially if you've got specific business practices that you want all your staff to follow. Make sure they're trained on it. We live in an era very, very easy, right, with technology to push out those modules mm. to all your staff, get them to complete it. You've got the ability to track it, right? You stay on top of it. You maybe assign a project manager from within your company and get everyone to 100%. And I think we, we should also touch on job description here. So before you go into a role, it's really important to look for those buzzwords. Mm. We did a podcast on job descriptions. So we've said like fast-paced environment, lean company that's already highlighting to you or alarm bell should be going which is they're not going to have time to train you so be very wary when you see buzzwords like that and, and you should listen to that podcast to make sure you don't end up in a situation where you don't get any training bringing it back to our candidate personally i think from the surface of it it sounds like tom's been unfairly suspended in this mm. situation and I'll tell you why. A, lack of proper training in this situation. B, I feel like the managers also failed to address the concerns. As Tom has expressed, is that he's already mentioned it to the manager he needs training and they haven't taken it seriously. Well, they have not taken the necessary steps to make sure he's adequately trained. So in a way, the manager has been negligent in this situation because they haven't taken him seriously. When it comes to suspension, it's not technically a negative thing in HR because usually you're suspended to protect yourself and the company whilst the matter gets investigated properly by an impartial person. If Tom's being suspended, it's more than likely because an impartial person is going to be looking at him. Or that's what we would like to think, mm -hmm. right? If it's a smaller company, then God knows. But most of the time, that's why a suspension takes place. So if Tom can already evidence the fact that he hasn't been trained, then that's more than enough for this to be declared as no further action or NFA. And then he would have to be put onto a training module to get that out of the way. Plus his line manager would have to be spoken to as to why Tom hasn't been trained. And second, why on earth are you referring him to Google? Yeah, I'm really surprised about that. I guess that's the world we're living in right now. Yeah, but then that person shouldn't be in a leadership role if they say, oh, by the way, you don't know what you do. Yeah, sure, Google it. It's a funny response. So going back to suspensions, and I wanted to add a bit of background in terms of what a suspension is and why it might happen. A suspension is when you remain employed, but you are asked not to attend your place of work or engage in any work at all. There's two types of suspension, a suspension for medical reasons or health and safety reasons. And the second one is part of a disciplinary procedure. And what people also need to bear in mind, if you get suspended by your company, you need to be available as and when they call upon you within those working times you had as per your contract. So if they ask you to come in for a meeting and you work, say, Monday to Friday, nine to five, and they say, hey, come in on a Wednesday at 1 p.m., 
for a meeting, you can't just turn around and be like, oh, well, I'm not available because you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. Now, unless you've got a medical reason why you're not available or any other reason, then that's fair enough. Like you might want to bring your union along. Mm -hmm. Your union member isn't available on that date. So you need to go back to your line manager and say, these are the dates that my union member is available. But don't think you can ignore your company or you can pick and choose when you want to go to a meeting. No, you're still getting paid. What if there's a clause in the contract that says they can suspend you without pay? I mean, to suspend someone without pay, if they're on a zero hours contract, okay. If they are a contracted individual whose contract states that they can be terminated with a certain day's notice, then that's fair enough as well. But to have an employee with a full-on employment contract with your company, for you to say, we're not going to pay you for the suspension, that's very risky. So I also wanted to touch on what to expect if you've been suspended. I don't blame you there. Because what I've seen is a lot of people let their emotions get the best of them when they get suspended. So they start emailing everyone. They start calling everyone. Hey, Mark, guess what? What? I've been suspended. Those beep. You know, they really got to me. That's the worst thing you can do. I don't know what you got on your list, but that's one of the things that I've seen happen over and over again. Don't do it, right? If you got a rant, go out with your friends, have a drink, have a rant. But don't let your emotions allow you to start calling your colleagues and this and that. Just take a step back. What's on your list? I mean, I was going to say, just to add to that, if you are suspended, maybe don't say anything. Because that suspension might be only for a small amount of time. No one really needs to know because the impact of how people might perceive you or the questions that might be asked, or it could damage your reputation in the company, isn't nice. So it's probably best not to say anything to your actual colleagues, but speak to family and friends until it's all resolved. Taking that into consideration, and you're absolutely right there, you see. I've dealt with grievance hearings where people have come off suspension and they've raised a grievance against their line manager, stating that the line manager had notified their team or etc. that they had been suspended. So now it's ruined their reputation. And upon investigating, it only came out that on the day of the suspension, they'd only allowed their emotions to get the best of them and hold one or two people. And then obviously that spread like wildfire. Mm. So don't do it. Yeah. So if you are suspended, there will be an investigation. Then you'll be notified that you've been suspended. And usually that happens in writing. Absolutely. So the letter that they send you sharing why you've been suspended, it should be clear and clear if it's a certain policy or procedure that you've breached then they should say that then they should tell you on what date what time that took place and when you get invited into a meeting they should also give you their investigatory notes so you can look at it as well because technically you don't know why they're pulling you in who said what right it could be a disgruntled employee that you used to have a relationship with you don't have one anymore and they've raised this allegation against you. So they should provide all of that information to you. Plus, they should also permit you to bring a union rep, if you're not part of a union, then a fellow colleague. Now, some companies might say you can only bring a specific union rep. Other companies will permit anyone. So moving on from that, I want to see what, what, what can Tom do in this situation? Tom's case seems pretty simple because if he hasn't been trained in those areas and there's no record of any training, then all he has to do is wait for the meeting, come in and say, I don't understand why I've been pulled into this because I didn't know this was wrong. I haven't been trained in this area. In fact, I've been told to Google stuff. So I do apologize and I'm more than happy to sit for a training session to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But I don't understand how you can pull me into this. The other thing you can probably do in this situation is make 
like you said, uni and ACAS, speak to someone just to see what his rights are? If it was me, I wouldn't go to ACAS yet because there's no need to. If you're part of a union, just speak to your union. If you've got a fellow colleague who hasn't also been trained, then they're a great person to bring along because if there's two of you saying, well, we haven't been trained. And we've raised it. Even if you haven't raised it. Right? You haven't been trained. It's you as the person who's been suspended and the person you've brought with you as a representative who works at a company who hasn't been trained as well, then that's great. I think go through that stage and then if it escalates, consider ACAS. I feel like this is quite a simple case. And I think, Tom, I wouldn't allow this to affect your well-being or your health or anything like that. Just stay strong, keep all the evidence that you've got and when they ask you to respond, then share with them the information you have. Yeah, don't get strung up on it. Mm. So... Moving on to Tarinda's letter. I'm in a tough spot. Landing the office manager role at a recruitment company felt like a big win. Now four months in, it's turned into a nightmare. The mostly male team throws constant sexist banter aimed at me and my instructions are consistently ignored, creating an uncomfortable environment. When I brought it up with HR, her boys will be boys response crushed me. To make things worse, the HR director is romantically tied to the founder who's closely connected to the problematic staff. Feeling trapped, I can't afford to lose my job. Any advice on navigating this situation would be greatly appreciated. What is it with SMEs being like EastEnders? I know, right? <laughs> I haven't worked for a single SME that's normal. There's always something happening. This person's romantically with that person, or there's some kind of bullying, or, or gender discrimination, or like none of them can... Get it right. Because they think they can get away with it. It's just crazy. Because they're a small company, they're like, no one's going to push this forward or investigate it. It's definitely a tough place to be in. And I can imagine that you're stuck in a situation where you feel like you're trapped. Yeah, I think it sounds like she's facing workplace harassment and a hostile work environment due to persistent sexist banter. And I say workplace harassment because I think the protected characteristic that affects this is her gender. Yeah, there's, there's some serious bullying happening mm. here. And I think in this circumstance, for the HR director to say boys will be boys. Where'd you go from there? From Your HR person is telling you this. You've had a word with them and they're saying boys will be boys. Just take it. I'll tell you where I would take it. I'll take it straight into writing. Because there's no way in hell a HR director will be dumb enough to put that in writing. So I would just raise my grievance in writing and maybe even capture that comment in the writing. Right? Because mm -hmm. most people think, oh... Because they said it verbally, I can't prove it. What I would do is I would jump onto an email straight away. And be like, as per our conversation held today at X time, where I raised my grievance to you verbally about being bullied and harassed based on my protected characteristic of being a female and your response being boys will be boys, I feel completely disheartened and I do not feel protected by this company. So I would really like to have a formal discussion to resolve this grievance. Ask for an impartial note taker. If they don't have anyone in the company that can do it, then they can secure someone for an agency. I mean, I would go down that route straight away in writing because it sounds like you're not going to get anywhere. I completely agree. I think that's all she can do in this situation. If the HR director is romantically involved with the founder and the HR director's response is that and she was to go to the founder anyway, it wouldn't work out because technically she would have to pull the HR director into the grievance as well. It's really messy. 
It's really messy indeed. And I, I think everyone's way too close to each other yeah. for anyone to even take it seriously. I would keep a record of any acts of insubordination, any comments made by any of the staff until this matter's resolved. Because you might have to go down a route which a lot of people would advise you not to, which is actually, if it doesn't get resolved, to quit and then claim constructive dismissal. But it's so hard to prove. So I would take it step by step, go down the email route, Make it formal, make it in writing. If nothing comes about from that, I'll go to an employment solicitor, to be mm. honest, in in this sort of situation, speak to them. I mean, she could do the formal complaint, but maybe speak to the guys in, in general and just have a chat like, you're doing this, it's making me feel like this. Could you stop that behavior? I don't know if it would work, but it might be something to try. If they're that disrespectful already and the mentality, including of the HR director, is Boys will be boys. Mm. You can speak until you're blue in the face. I don't think it's going to make a difference. You can try it, keep a note of it, but I will go down the formal route and then I would consider going to a employment solicitor because if it's a case where obviously it's gender discrimination and they're breaching that protected characteristic, you can bypass ACAS. Mm. You can go straight to a tribunal. So for anyone out there who's not sure what workplace harassment is, I'll give you a definition. Harassment is unwanted behavior related to any of the following protected characteristics. So that could be age, disability, gender reassignment, race, religion and beliefs, gender, which is what we're talking about today, and sexual orientation. And to be harassed, the unwanted behavior must have either violated the person's dignity, created an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating or offensive environment for the person. That's definitely the... The case here. Yes. Because it sounds like she's she's been deeply wounded by this. And it's only the beginning of her role as well. Such a shame because that could potentially affect her from ever wanting to go into another role and it really shouldn't. Not every company will be like this. Don't let this affect you in future roles. Sounds like you're someone who's passionate about what you're doing. And to be honest, to go into any sort of managerial position, leadership position, passion is the key driver to making you great at what you do. So just keep going at it. I think another thing that affects people from wanting to even leave the role or do anything about in the situation that they're in when they first start a role is they're worried that if they switch jobs too quickly or they start creating some sort of situation in the workplace from the get-go, it's going to look bad on their CV. Mm. And I think that's what puts a lot of people from speaking out and doing anything about stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's a very valid point. A lot of people would stay quiet because that's what they're scared of. But in this situation, you absolutely should not stay quiet. This is not the right working environment environment for you is very toxic and if you've got a hr delegate who's responding in that way then something needs to be done about it because if you don't do something about it then the next person if it is a female person who comes into that role they're gonna have to go through the same crap so don't stay quiet they've completely let her down in this situation and it's a shame yeah so moving on to dave's letter let's do it after catching a few episodes i'm finally mustering the courage to reach out our team got hit by a curveball with a colleague's promotion to a supervisory role. The whole dynamic shifted and the person we've known for years transformed into the new status. Now here's the thing. Nadine's got this habit of using physical interaction, like hitting, to emphasize points or give instructions, especially with guys on the team. We get it. Adjusting to a new role is tough, but the physical stuff is making a bunch of us seriously uncomfortable. I'm a bit lost on the best way to handle this, so any advice or assistance you can throw my way would be a huge help. First and foremost, thanks for listening to the episodes. Great to have you on board. Secondly, well done for mustering up the courage to reach out 
And the final point is have a conversation with Nadine. You kind of want whoever's got the best relationship with Nadine or the longest relationship to have that initial conversation to let them know that it's not appreciated widely by mm. the team. Now, if Nadine doesn't change, I would then arrange a mediation session right, with the team and Nadine where everyone voices their concerns. It's like a intervention, but for colleagues. What would you call that? Intercolleague intervention? I don't know. No. <laughs> Provention? <laughs> no, you know, something like that. Just like bring, bring Nadine along. Everyone tell Nadine how they feel and the fact that they want it to stop. Now, obviously, if it doesn't stop, then you kind of have to take it to the next step, mm. which is you raise a group grievance. Eesh. But unfortunately, that's the step you're going to have to take. Yeah. It kind of falls in line with banter. Like if you don't like certain verbal banter, then you raise it with the person. And if they persist, then obviously it turns into a grievance, mm. right? Those little physical hits here and there could fall into that banter as well. Like me and my colleagues used to do that a lot, but we used to do it to each other. We used to be like, ha, ha, you know, you didn't get it right. Slap on the... The arm. I feel like she's not even aware she's doing this. And I think her hitting or little slaps or whatever she's doing, she might be nervous about managing these people because she used to be colleagues with them or at the same level. So she's maybe getting a nervous energy out through mm. the physical touch. But actually, people are feeling really uncomfortable. So I think maybe if she was aware of it, she might actually, you know, refrain from doing it. I would agree with you there. Now, there are individuals out there who believe as soon as they get into a supervisory role or a management role and above, that they've got this special authority. So they want to showcase it through physical touch sometimes to reinforce something. So it's like slap on the arm, make sure you get it done. That's different. Yeah, and it has happened to me before. Oh, it has? Yeah, it happened to me earlier in my career. I wasn't really sure what to do about it. Um, but yeah, this individual who was my manager slash she was a director picked up something and hit me around the head. Now, I don't know if it was a jokey thing or if he was really serious, but it actually really hurt because he did it with quite a bit of force. Oh, wow. Yeah. And was you was you alone with your manager when that no, happened? No, no. I was, um, there was three other managers sitting next to us. And was you a manager? No, I was really junior. Also, you were a non-manager. You had three management personnel plus this individual mm -hmm. who was technically your line manager was a director and none of them said anything nothing which is why i didn't think to say anything i wasn't sure what my rights were i didn't know i could say anything to hr or even have that conversation so i just let it slide oh wow yeah so i look back now with some of the stuff that's happened over the years and i'm like i should have said something absolutely because that's assault yeah no manager has the right to put their hands on anyone. And this is where people have to be very careful. Even if you've got that relationship with someone where, you know, you jokingly give a slap here on the arm or this and that. As soon as you move into a management position, you need to maintain that certain discipline not to go down that route. I mean, you could, that individual's lucky because you, you could have filed for assault and they would have got done for mm. it. Yeah. Wow. And it was a guy hitting a woman. But I mean, I never even spoke about it to anyone either after that point. Oh, I'm sorry you've had to go through that. Mm. These things happen. I'm not the only person it happens to. Yeah, but it shouldn't happen. Mm. And a fool like that should definitely end up in a position where they lose everything. But if it is happening to anyone else out there, I just want to make it clear what assault and battery means. So there's, there is something that, that you are protected in the workplace. So assault occurs if your co-worker raises his or her hand in a forceful manner towards you and you reasonably believe you're about to get hit. Now, battery, on the other hand, is unlike assault and it requires the actual use of force. 
It occurs when a person intentionally and harmfully touches you without your consent. For example, if your manager purposefully slaps you, the manager has committed battery even if they didn't intend to actually injure you. This is why I say you have to be very careful in the work environment. Not everyone takes a joke the same way. Not everyone takes banter the same way. Not everyone likes to physically play in the same way. Work is work, just stay professional and yeah, your life will be easy. But wow, I'm still coming back to that story. I'm gobsmacked. Yeah. That's the first time you've told me. Yeah, it's not something I really like to talk about. I've kind of buried it away. Maybe you can give me the details later. Because I would love to meet this person. So is it Dave? Yes. All right, Dave, have a conversation with Nadine. I think first and foremost, it doesn't sound like Nadine's doing it in a malicious way, but obviously put her into it as soon as. That's and good one. luck. And good luck. Good luck to everyone. Yes. Come back to us. If you've got any other questions, we're here. We're here to help. And that's the end of Workplace SOS. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe below. And if you've got any stories that you would like to share or any help you need, hey, send us a letter. Hit, hit us up on our email or send us a message below. Until next time, take care of yourself. 